if you're talking about the most important MCU movie, what comes to mind first? Is it the movie that started it all in Iron Man? The one that proved this type of franchise can exist? Is it the one where everything came into fruition? Where the thing that we've been building up for all these years finally paid off with 2012's Avengers? Was it the first time we saw all of our heroes in action together in Infinity War? Or when they finally emerged victorious against Thanos in Endgame? Now, if you're talking about the culturally most important movie in the MCU, it's gotta go Black Panther. It came at the same time that all the real world issues that we see in Black Panther were coming to a head. And while that's not something I'm gonna talk about a lot today, this is a movie that people really, really liked. It dominated the domestic box office. Critically, it did better than any movie in all the MCU. And from my standpoint, it was incredibly fun, really well acted, had intense emotional stakes. It's absolutely devastating to watch after Chadwick Boseman's death. But there's just something, just that last final scene that left you wondering, could this have been a smidge better? Welcome back to The Wrong Opinion, MCU Rewatch, talking about Black Panther 2018 movie. We got Josh Clark. What's up? It's your boy, JC. Boy, JC. So Black Panther, this was, at the time, the third highest grossing movie domestically, not worldwide, just domestically. And it actually came out the same year as uh, Infinity War, of course. It actually grossed more than Infinity War in the United States. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Except also, for, except for the fact that I just said it to you five minutes ago, but I forgot to press record. But when yeah. it was done, like it was the first time hearing that, that was really good. Yeah, I, I just blocked everything out, erased <laughs> from my memory. I'm pretty good at that. Yeah. But also, interesting fact, when I saw Black Panther, actually, there was some ma- massive flooding going on in my hometown and surrounding areas. So we had to drive... 45 minutes to the next closest theater to go see the movie rather than going to our normal movie theater. That was that. Wow. That was, cause that was in three Oaks, right? Your Niles was the flooding. Yeah. yeah. It was older than I, uh, like it, it just feels like it just came out, but it's been five years now. Yeah. I saw it my, my junior year. Holy smokes. Now you're buying a house. It's crazy. I'm flies. Uh, but this was like a cultural, like, phenomenon this movie people really like this movie it was uh, uh the first movie to be nominated for an above the ground oscar uh, it was nominated for best picture and then its sequel was the first one to be to give a, a actor nomination for an oscar that's interesting uh, but i love this movie i mean it's really well acted we'll talk about it you know throughout this but really really well acted awesome soundtrack of course ryan coogler killed it uh there's a couple things at the end that make you go eh, but it's it's a the near perfect movie i'd say I'd agree. I would agree. It's it's we'll get to it. We'll get to later, but it's probably top five okay. or clo- or very close. Okay, very, very close. All right, you got the first award. What you got? All right, I'm gonna go with the uh, first award I have on my list. Probably the easiest for me to answer is uh, pick a knit. Oh, um, okay. We're starting with the movie we both really like, and we're we're starting with the negative one. I dig it. Yeah. Well, it's just it's 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 one of the first things you see in the movie, and it's always really bugged me. Yeah. I've always thought that it was very selfish for T'Challa T'Challa to ruin uh what's her name? Nike. Oh, How yeah. do you say her name? Nike. Yeah. Yeah. Nike. Yeah. I've always thought it was really selfish of him to ruin that mission, her mission, yeah. just to have his boo at his crowning. Yeah, he's like, hey, I know you've got people to save and a job to do, but I'm sad. You want to hang out? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Toxic boyfriend. Exactly. It's not even a boyfriend. That's a good knit. I didn't think about that one. That's really good. Because I love that scene, but that's a hilarious knit to pick. Do you have more, or is that your soul knit? That was that was my, my, my soul knit. Okay, I've got a couple knits. There's a lot that you can pick, I think, in the in the last scene. But there's two from earlier. I think the, what are those? That was the cringiest thing I've ever seen in a new movie. That was already like, it, it was already po- uh, poorly aged by like three years. And then now it's five years past this. So 
This is like an eight-year-old uh, 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 reference. We're getting. Do you even remember the original? What are those? Yeah. That? Okay. On Vine, was it? Yeah, Vine. I miss Vine. Vine was the best. Vine was dead by the time this movie came out. I, I think. It was. It really was. Yeah. Uh, so that was cringy. And then the uh, I'm going to talk about this later with uh, what ages. But Shuri, she bashes like his normal suit where he's he's taken off the helmet and she's like, hey, well, I, I got to fight some people. Let me take off this helmet. But now everything is nanotech and I'm so sick of all the nanotech. <laughs> like Ant-Man's mask going down. If we see a nanotech daredevil, I'm going to be freaking livid. <laughs> yeah, I um, that it's it's so annoying because it's one of those things. I don't know if that classifies as a MacGuffin, but it's one of those things where it's like they just they call things nanotech so they don't have to explain it or so things don't have to be cool you know yeah like so there's like the original iron man suits where he's like finding all these cool ways to put them on take it off that was awesome but now it's yeah. like you literally you just all of a sudden you just press something and a bunch of little tiny bugs crawl around See, on you i was fine with it for iron man because it kind of made sense the progression of the suit because like like you're saying it, it kind of evolved with every movie every single movie there's a different way he puts on the suit and then he dies, so it's gone. And then Spider-Man kind of made sense. And then especially because in the latest Spider-Man, it's gone. He doesn't have that anymore. So kind of back to ground level. And then it kind of makes sense with Black Panther, just because that's it just fits the character. But now that every single other character, especially Ant-Man, that's the one that, that that's the one that crossed the line for me. <laughs> A couple more Ant-Man nits. Push it over the top. Oh yeah. I'm complaining again about the same thing I complain about in like every single movie. But I hate that like last second save. But they did it three times in the final fight. You know what I mean? When it's like, hey, I'm going to kill you. Ah! And then good guy comes in and saves at the last second. I'm so sick of that. And they did oh, it yeah. three, times, <laughs> three times in the last fight. Uh, so Shuri's about to die. She's about to be killed by Killmonger. And then Black Panther jumps on him at the last second. And then later, Wakabi says, I'm going to kill you guys in three seconds. Three, two, one. What? And then there's yeah. That- I've always yeah. hated that. Like, what what actual bad guy is gonna stop, or like like they've got a gun pointed at their head, gonna stop after one and look at something that's like taking <laughs> five minutes yeah. to develop? And then like, you didn't see him running across that entire like square mile field. <laughs> and then yet another time, Ross's ship is out of power or whatever because it had to do the sonic you know blast thing. So it's falling, 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 and then last second, right before he hits the ground, saved. <laughs> Three times in one fight. Insane. And then last one, I'm just not a big fan of the exposition scene where it's like, oh, I'm going to go into the afterlife and talk to my dad and he's going to tell me what's going on. You know, I feel like that happens a lot. It was like the original in, in The Empire Strikes Back. It was like the first time I remember that. At least the oldest movie I remember that in. But now it's like every other movie's got some sort of force ghost. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. Um, I think, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from. It didn't really bug me in this movie that much. Just yeah, maybe you was... sit here and I'm just bummed about the cliche in all the other movies. So I'm just taking it out on this movie. It's probably... Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say that that's what it is because it is an overused cliche in it, but I think they did it well in this movie anyways. Yeah, that's fair. I'll scratch that from the record. Um, I do like how slowly we're seeing afterlives in every single, not every single, but like a bunch of different universes. Like we got the astral plane here. We got the uh, Field of Dreams, <laughs> what was it called? And uh, Moon Knight, and then obviously Valhalla and Thor. It was not the Field of Dreams. That wasn't right. No, it's something else, but I don't know what it is. Oh, it's the Field of Reeds or something. Oh, the Reeds. That was actually incredibly close. I hate the fact that Eric's Killmonger's girlfriend exists, and then he just shoots her. No. Like, I-, I love that. Go ahead. You love that? Yeah, go ahead. Just, go ahead. I think it's just such a like a cheesy way to show like that he's like, you know, he's hard. He's willing to do whatever. Like it's yeah. Like, there's so much. I just think there's better ways to do it. I yeah, just, that's a perfect way. No, I just <laughs> he. It's like it was like her entire point of existing was in the movie was just so he could shoot her later right on. There. Yep. It, it was 100%. just. It, it was just. I don't know. Hundred percent. That's why she existed. I love that though because he. He's a sympathetic villain. Not that you want him to win, but he's right. What he's fighting for is right. He's just doing it wrong. He's too vicious about it. And that's what 
uh, Black Panther says at the end, like, we, I, I want to do this too, but we're going to do it right. We're not going to give people guns just to kill everybody. We're going to do it through diplomacy and whatever. But at the end of the day, what Killmonger wanted was good and right and just. And he's a character that people are into. But you can't get too into him. You can't let your your fans, your audience, get too into the bad guy. So you, they have to do one thing that's totally unforgivable. And in this case, it's shoot, uh, shoot his girlfriend. Yeah. No, see, I just... I think it's I always like interesting that. when they do I just, that. I, I like... Sometimes I like villains that are almost not villains. You know? No, like, I want my villains to be pure evil. It doesn't, like... I think he's a perfect villain. Killmonger is the perfect villain. Oh, I, I, I've said that since day one, and I will, I'll die on that hill, that he is the best villain in the MCU. Because he's a Hands real... Out. He, he's a he's like a real life villain. That's what people are like. Most people aren't like, hey, I want to take over the world and kill everybody. And I don't want to make millions of dollars. It's like, hey, I want to do something good for the world, but I'm a little deranged. So I'm going to also kill people while I do it. I think he's yeah. a kind of villain. Yeah. I would agree. But just, I don't know. The girlfriend scene was dumb, I thought. But yeah. yeah. Loved it. I'm going to pick a good one. Let's do the Taika Waititi Award for the funniest moments. Because originally this doesn't feel like that funny of a movie, but this was after, I think like after 2017, like all three of the 2017 movies, Ragnarok, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and Homecoming, they were all like very funny. And that kind of like set a precedent. So now every movie is pretty funny. I think Black Panther is less funny than a lot of the movies from the same era, but it's still really funny. Wait, do I have three. I'm going to go from my least favorite to my favorite. So Black Panther, there uh, he's about to uh, test the new suit, test the kinetic. You know, you, you know when he kicks it, yeah. and holds the power, then he kicks again. He says, "You're recording," and then she goes, "Yeah, for research purposes, obviously." He's like, "Oh yeah, okay." And then he kicks it and flies across the room. Delete that footage. That is my favorite line in the whole movie. Delete <laughs> that footage. I love Delete that, that line. It's so funny. That was good. Very memeable. Uh, and then when Claw says, "We actually do have a mixtape," yeah, I'll send you a SoundCloud. And then Ross is like, that was kind of funny. Then Ross says, don't, don't make me listen to your <laughs> better. And then my favorite though, in the, it's straight from the trailer. It's really, it sounds really cool. Uh, honestly, it was on runner up for the Hawkeye award, but he says, I never freeze. And then as soon as, as, soon as he sees her, he goes, hi. <laughs> that was my favorite. That was pretty good. I think all of those are candidates. And like you said, I think this movie is like, I wish that MCU, like in the past couple of years and moving forward, really base it, base more of their movies off of Black Panther. Because like, it's just so good at being funny at the perfect times, being really emotional at the perfect times. It's just, it's such a good movie when it comes to manipulating your emotions. Yeah. But anyways, like you said, lots of funny moments. One of my favorite moments is uh, when um, they're driving away from the uh, the place in Korea, the gambling room or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, Claw gets in the car and he's like, uh, "Put on some music." What is this funeral or something like that? It was, <laughs> it, I just thought it was really funny because it's like very clearly a very tense moment, and it's just it was it was just funny. Yeah, you I, know, I, I think about that a lot. Like, well, I don't think about that a lot, but it's like if you're in a car chase, like. Are, or you're in you a turning on music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like, what are you listening to? You know, what what gets you going? But hold on, let me plug in my USB. Was, that was your number one then. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily had a number one. That was just one of the ones that I had listed. Okay. It was, it was the, the my. I think my probably my top two were that and the delete that footage. <laughs> I think I love that. I think I'm talking myself into delete that footage over. I never freeze. But that was supposed to be like the the. I feel like that. Going into the movie, uh, based on the trailer, that seemed like that was gonna be like the big cool line. I never freeze, like the um, like Captain America's. I can do this all day, and then it just ended up being a funny thing. <laughs> it was the same thing actually in Thor Ragnarok. Like uh, I think the cool, inspiring line was supposed to be "That's what heroes do," but then both times it was just funny instead. Uh, but you're up <laughs> because that's what heroes do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do you have another one? I can again. Son of a butt, dude. Okay, funniest moment. I forgot to mention this. My right. my hands down funniest moment of the movie is in that last fight scene where when 
T'Challa gets like knocked back. He's on the ground. And then you see a bunch of Wakandans come over and start hitting him with knives. <laughs> like, what in the heck is that? Like that just it was it was just so funny just watching all these Wakandans with like who are supposed to have really advanced weapons just hitting a vibranium suit with knives like they think it was gonna do anything. That was that was my funniest moment. That like it doesn't really make any sense that they're so into killing T'Challa at this point. Like, why are these guys so loyal to Killmonger? Right? That's what I I don't know. Even even the like Wakabi, even him, like he was he makes sense. Well, no, I, I understand his conviction and standing behind Killmonger, but wanting to kill his own people and fight, standing behind him in that sense, I thought was a little out there for that for him. Yeah, anyway, this, but, that's kind of a, a pullback of this movie. I think that's why it's it's gonna rate a little lower on my list than I would have thought or expected, and uh will shock my millions of viewers. Um, because it doesn't really make sense that they would just fight T'Challa. You know, yeah, like yeah, the big, agreed. Big massive war scene at the end, just it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and I've honestly, I've always hated those war scenes because, like, it, they've got to be built up right. Like Infinity War and Endgame, both of them, it was perfectly done. But yeah. in most, like, you you just can't throw it in, you know. Yeah, it's it's like way too many movies try to force an entire war into like a, a thirty minute battle. But yeah, I'm up. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with the Hawkeye Award for most inspiring moment or most unexpectedly inspiring moment, I believe. And I really liked the, or I thought it was really inspiring and just, I just thought it was awesome when uh, it's the moment where um, it's really the moment where you can see M'Baku recognizes T'Challa's dominance and his, his importance. Yeah. Yes. His importance and his, and his, uh, the fact that he would make a better king than M'Baku. And I just thought that that was really inspiring because M'Baku obviously is, you know, a very powerful leader, real big, strong guy. But in that moment when he's like, he's deciding, do I take this heart-shaped herb or do I take them to Chala's family, to his body, let them give him the heart-shaped herb and restore the Black Panther. I just thought it was really awesome because you can see it, like, you kind of see him thinking about it. Yeah, he never was, and it's like, yeah, I should do this instead. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was just awesome seeing that. Like, even though they were almost kind of enemies, T'Challa just kind of had that effect on people where he could, he inspired people, you know. Yeah, incited, incited. uh, He he was he was really good at getting people to to follow him for in all the right ways. Yeah, the uh, relationship between Mbaku and and T'Challa is really cool, and that's. I mean, we're probably going to talk about this several times, but obviously Chadwick Boseman died before the second one, before he could do more. And it's just like devastating because he had a big role in Civil War and then obviously a huge role in this and then relegated to like supporting roles in the two Avengers movies because, and we thought he's going to be back for way more. And then he just wasn't. And it, it just sucks, obviously. But M'Baku and, and T'Challa, that relationship might be the biggest uh, casualty of that because we really could have seen them growing in peace um, going back from the first fight that they had when T'Challa said they need you as a leader don't make me kill you we're not going to do this yield you know yeah yeah uh, my Hawkeye award for the most unexpectedly inspiring moment uh, in that fight right before uh, right before T'Challa beats M'Baku you know just talking about it goes real slow he gets stabbed he's like down M'Baku's winning he's going to be king of Wakanda and then upside down, slow motion, Angela Bassett, the queen, she yells, show them who you are. <laughs> you like that? I love that. And then the, oh, it, it, just looking at that, that would be cheesy. But followed by the next scene of him fighting. It, I, that's just one of my favorite fight scenes in the movie. And I, I, that's just a cool line. I liked it. And then later, I don't write down who said this. I don't actually remember who said this, but somebody said to T'Challa, you get to decide what kind of king you are going to be. And this is like a coming of age movie almost, right? Honestly, yeah. I mean, that's that's really what it was, is him deciding how he wanted to lead, you know, who he wanted yeah. to be and how he wanted to be different from and it's all of the people that came before him. More important for him to be a good man than a great king. And yeah, you have to put your nation first, but ultimately humanity is first. And that's the decision at the end. Humanity comes before my nation. Yeah. 
All right, I'm going to go with the Ragnarok Award for the character's cinematic peak. I think I, I think this is controversial. I don't think anybody, it's not because this isn't a great movie, because it is, but I think Black Panther peaked in Civil War. I talked about that with Ricky. I think Black Panther peaked in Civil War. So he's like, the wow. what's up? I said, wow, you really, why, why do you think that? Explain that to me a little bit. Oh, I'd have to go all the way back into what I talked about there. But he just like the the raw emotion of just seeing his dad die. Plus, you see the the change of him from being this. He's a warrior transitioning to king. That coming of age that I just talked about that started in Civil War, where he decided not to kill Zemo. He has a really cool scene with Zemo at the end. And here you see, obviously, way more fighting, but also just like the mystique of Black Panther is really cool in that movie. And that helps out. Um, I, yeah, I I agree with that. That's not like this is a, a negative. It's just the mystique, the first introduction. It's like in any Batman movie, the cool scene with Batman is almost always the first scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Um, and then all the other Wakandans, they peak in Wakanda Forever just because, like, this is a way better movie than Wakanda Forever, but they have way more screen time because this movie's all about T'Challa. And the next one, they have to kind of pick up the pieces. So I don't think anybody really peaks. I don't think even M'Baku peaks. So I think he might peak in Infinity War. Let's see. Claw, he was better in Age of Ultron. Um, but do you do you think anybody peaked? You're probably saying Black Honestly, Panther. I, I was going to say Black Panther mostly by default. I It's been a long time since I've seen Civil War, so I can't agree with you or disagree with you on that one. But outside of him, I don't think that there's anybody that would come close. I mean, Claw had more more time in this one, so maybe it's him too. He had more time. Yeah, but I, I, I think he was Claw was Claw was like I don't know. He would like he was almost he was like almost exclusively there for comedic relief. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like obviously his character is important, but like all of his lines were there just to kind of make you laugh. And he was a really funny character too. We're we just went through Lord of the Rings for the first time. Like Kelsey just saw it for the first time, and it blew her mind when I said that that was Gollum. And then she was like, "Oh, really? Yeah, okay." I did not know that. You didn't know that? No. Oh my goodness! Yeah, he does a lot of that. Uh, what's it called? The uh, stand-in for CGI characters. I forget. I'm blanking on the word right now. Uh, but like he did uh, uh, some of the apes in Planet of the Apes. He did a lot of other stuff. Hmm. Oh, he was uh, uh, Snoke, Star Wars. Yeah. Oh yeah, I did know that. All right. What do you got next? Um, poorly aged CGI. This is a very easy one for me. Yeah, for me. Well, I hope we just put the same one. But yeah. I said all of the ancestral plane scenes. Oh, okay. I like the. It first stood out when I was watching it, and I saw the the first ancestral plane scene where he's where you see all the like the panthers in the background. The panthers look bad. Yeah, that just looked bad. And then later, as we as we kind of went back or as the movie went on and he went back to the ancestral plane, I'm like, this is like, this is terrible green screen. It just looked bad. Yeah. It looks like I make this joke every time, but it looks like a kid's, uh, kid's theater stage. Yeah. Yeah. Like just the background is like pasted CGI. Um, I didn't put that, but that's, that's good. That's a good answer. I think most of the ancestral plane, that was just weird artistic decisions, but then the background did look bad and the Panthers looked like, (laughs) like just really bad. Um, but the cat fight, uh, I call it the, the, the cat fight at the end between, uh, Killmonger and Black Panther when they both have the suits and both have the power oh, yeah. that looked yeah. terrible. I don't like that fight in general. And I'll talk about that in uh cheesiest fight scene. Spoiler. That's my pick, but it looked like a video game. It did not look good. And I don't understand how those two, like both of like his, his suit in every movie has looked really, really good. But then when you have a fight with two guys with the same suit, somehow they're going to make it look bad. I don't understand that. Maybe it's because they had the um, the kinetic forces pulsing through him, and that made it look worse. But, like, it just did not look good. That entire yeah. ended, well, like, eight-minute fight. Yeah, I'll agree with that. That It didn't look very – I mean, I didn't – I guess I didn't notice it as much as you did, but I, I think back, it wasn't, wasn't great. I talked about this with Ricky. Once you're like into a movie, it's really hard to notice bad CGI sometimes unless you're like looking for it, which I was. Um, 
But I, I know I said a few years ago for the first time, and like I could not stop seeing it every time I saw that fight. It just <laughs> looks so video gamey. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna go with the I Am Iron Man Award for the best single line. So I think the heavy favorite, the betting favorite coming in, it would have been Wakanda Forever. Because that was like iconic and like culturally like significant. And like when you think of this movie, that's the line you think of, right? Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but mine by like a wide margin. I never yielded. And as you can see, I am not dead. <laughs> Spot on with the, with the accent, man. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. Good. I can tell you've been practicing. I say that all the time. <laughs> that it, 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 especially like after he died, that became a really sad because it, oh, he did die. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's your I am Iron Man awards best single line? So it's when they're like the last, you know, mega fight scene. And um, Okoye is like, st- like so oh. Okoye's lover, I, for- I forget his name. Uh, Wakabi. Wakabi, Wakabi's charging a rhino at M'Baku. Okoye stands in front of the, the rhino. The rhino stops, saves M'Baku. And this is awesome. Okoye was initially in support of fighting with and for Killmonger. They obviously decide not to because he's crazy. But then in this fight scene, Okoye is realizing that, switches sides. And then um, whatever his name is, you just said it. I forgot it. Wakabi. Um, Wakabi uh, gets off his rhino and he's like, would you fight your husband or lover or whatever? I'm, I'm very you, bad at it. Would you kill rhinos. me, my love? Would you kill me, my love? And she goes, for my country? Yes. I just, I love that. I love that line. Partly, in, part, in, in part because of the delivery, I just love that. It's also like, it's just, I don't know, so powerful. So awesome. Yeah, her name, that's uh, Lupita Nyong. No, no, that's Nakia. Denigoria. She's really good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to push back though. I don't think Okoye was ever really on Killmonger's side. Like she was lined up with the army at one point, but she was still talking behind, uh, behind his back to Nakia and to Shuri and uh, Angela Bassett. And then, yeah, I, I don't think that he was, that she was ever on Killmonger's side. Which was originally when they were trying to get her to fight Killmonger to get him off the throne. And she said, I'm loyal to that throne no matter who sits on it. Uh, yes, true. You're right. You win. You got me. That's right. So I guess I guess she was never really in support of Killmonger. She was just kind of She's doing her job. Yeah. Yeah. Blindly following the, the throne and yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Cheesiest fight scene slash best fight scene. You have a cheesiest fight scene. I'm gonna go with best fight scene. Obviously, hands down. Well. I don't know if it's obvious, hands down. Both fight <laughs> scenes. I loved the fight scene with um, Killmonger and the, the first one where Killmonger the challenge. throws. Yeah, the challenge. I yeah. just thought that was awesome for a lot of reasons because you can see that obviously just the, I don't know, the, choreogra- the choreography was awesome. But I love like there's a point where T'Challa could have won the challenge, but he holds back because he's, like he's too forgiving and kind to a fault. He's not you know? trying to kill him. Like, yeah. yeah, like that's what he did. Like he held back with M'Baku because he saw the good in M'Baku. And I think at that point in time, he did see the good in Killmonger, but didn't quite realize that Killmonger was deranged. You know, he didn't want to kill him. He just wanted to beat him and retain his throne. That's that's why I love that fight scene. Because I, I you see that in it. I like that you say he's like the, the point behind Killmonger. I think I said deranged earlier. I don't know that he's actually deranged. He's just so convicted. There's just there's no swaying him. It's not that there's yeah. no good well, in yeah, him. Yeah. Just, you're not gonna change his mind and get him onto your side. And that, exactly. that's really good bad Deranged, guy. deranged isn't the right word. He's yeah. just I think I think Killmonger's gone so. through he's gone through so much, you know, that he's he's seeing things from the wrong point of view. He's he's using the wrong outlets. Yeah. Now I did the other um challenge scene is my favorite fight scene i said um the mbaku black panther fight it, less because of the actual fighting which was really really good and really really fun um but like the build-up as soon as mbaku walked through the not through the door but through the through the cave 
off of the cave opening. They're like chanting. He just bashes Shuri. He like it's a fun moment initially, and then he just like rips it to shreds. And he's like, I am a sucker for the line. Where is your god now? I just think that always sounds really cool. They did it in a gladiator too. I always love that line. Yeah, I, I mean, in every single movie, I'll be okay. Yeah, you really can't go wrong with that fight scene. That was a fantastic fight scene. Loved it. Number two for me was the first Black Panther scene. The first time we see Black Panther uh, when he's saving Nakia, the scene that you made fun of earlier. Uh, it was it's it's like Batman in a jungle, like when he it first flashes to him on like hiding in the tree, and that's like the first that's like the only time we see like actual Black Panther the way Black Panther's supposed to be this stealth fighter. You know, that's the only time in any movies I think we've seen that, and we're not. Yeah, and it, it's a shame. I really wish they kind of leveraged that a little bit more. I, I'm sure they would have. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, my cheesiest fight scene. I think the last fight wasn't really long, and I've already talked a lot about the last fight scene. I think the last fight scene just really, really hurts this movie because there's a lot of fun moments and a lot of good parts, but just overall, it doesn't really make sense that it's happening. And um, it's just poorly done. I mean, yeah, honestly, I, for the most part, it's kind of good, but just as a whole, it's it's not. It doesn't make sense. And then the the Black Panther Killmonger final fight. Um, we just have this problem in every single intro movie where a good guy fights a bad guy with his same power. And then in this uh, in this movie, they have the exact same suit too. It's just not very interesting, you know. Yeah, I was thinking about that when uh, I was watching the movie. I'm like, if that train didn't exist, then this fight scene would literally last forever because that suit is impenetrable. Like there's, like this, like they just would have fought till one of them just had to go get a drink. Yeah, it's like, hey, can we take a break? Need water? <laughs> I'm gonna do the first Avenger award for the best one-off character. Um, Killmonger. <laughs> I feel like yeah, yeah, I, was, I was trying to think of somebody else to say because I didn't want to give the obvious example, but like it's yeah, there's no question. I mean, I think I'm gonna we're gonna do uh the list of MCU bad guys once we wrap up with phase one. I think I'm gonna have you on that, and because we've done a lot of really good bad guys together, but he's technically in the new one, even though it's really brief and just like a in the astral plane. But I think it still counts. But in case yeah. it doesn't count, in case we get a ruling that it doesn't count, um, there's two really big actors who absolutely killed it. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya, he played uh, Okabe. He was really good. But then Sterling K. Brown as uh, Killmonger's dad. He was only in. It was probably two minutes of screen time max. But he just stole the screen. He seemed like a main character, even though he was He's- in. He's always so everything that you see him in. He's just so good. You got to put him on your list of, of best actors right now. And he just, I feel like he doesn't have huge roles, you know? He doesn't. The Honestly, the biggest thing that I know him from is This Is Us. And then yeah, mom, mom would watch that. Yeah, I think that's his only like A-list uh, role so far. But everything he does is A-list role because it's Sterling K. Brown. But that's the biggest pull of every role he does is that he's doing it, you know? Yeah, that's what I hope... Uh, him, I hope he kind of him and Pedro Pascal. I hope they get the same kind of treatment where they've just been so good that they just get so many movies. Like they're, I hope they're the two rising stars today. Where yeah. like Morgan Freeman started acting when he's like fifty or something. Yeah, I, I was gonna say like they're already in their forties, but like Sammy Jackson and Morgan Freeman both in the nineties, uh, they were in their forties, and they, that's when they really started taking off. Like you can make a career after forty-five. Oh yeah. Do you have anybody else for first Avenger award? No, I I really couldn't think of many people. I forgot about him when I was thinking about uh, best one-off character. Yeah, because he um, just made Killmonger, and it's like, yep, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I c- I couldn't really think of any other one-off characters that were necessarily good. Obviously, besides Killmonger, I was trying to think of somebody besides him, like I said, because it's just so obvious that he's the best. Mm-hmm. But the problem too, they have such a direct sequel. Like a lot of sequels are like kind of sort of sequels um, yeah but like it's such a direct sequel that like everybody comes back except for uh wakabi i'm gonna go with age of ultron award for this is way cooler after seeing the next five movies um i'm gonna say the entire movie and not even necessarily for the uh next five movies but the next five years i just think that this movie is just really it the more you watch it i think the better it gets 
especially as obviously, you know, the past couple of years, the uh, social justice movement and racism has kind of come to the forefront of a lot of people's minds. And I think that this movie is just awesome because it, it really exudes passion. You know, it, it shows how you can be passionate for something and still do it the right way. You know, like going and killing people isn't necessarily the right way to address things, but it is obviously an extremely urgent issue that needs to be addressed. Yeah. And I, it just, it, it's, it's a really, it's one of those movies that more people connect with it than I think any other movie. Yeah. That's why just because I, they can feel that same passion. Domestic movie. Yeah. I was, I was going to try to avoid talking too much about race, but this is an important movie because I'm a white guy. Um, but this is just like the only movie that's really does something like that in the MCU. Not necessarily that it, it touches on something important, but the fact that it was such a culturally important thing that touched on something important. Like it was a movie about an African tribe. So it's got a bunch of black people and then it was um, a bunch of black actors. And then it was created by black directors like Brian Coogler. And then it touches on important black subjects, you know, it, it just very important movie in that context. So that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. You, you kind of flipped the age of Ultron award on its head. Like this is way cooler after the next five years of real life stuff. That was good. Uh, mine isn't as good. I thought it was really good until you said yours, but the whole uh, like Bucky's post-credit scene, I think just looking back, it was like, it was, it was like kind of cool in the moment. But after we see what he went through in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, after we saw that that was after he got the, the brainwashing ripped from his head and he just like was free in that moment. Like the moment we see at the end of Black Panther, that's probably right after he gets the brainwashing wiped Hydra gone from his system. Um, Such so as a really cool moment to look back on after seeing Falcon Winter, Winter Soldier. Yeah, I'd agree. I actually forgot to watch, or I didn't watch the, that post-credit scene this time around most of the time in the rewatch i don't watch the post-credit scene i'm going to do the captain marvel award for the character that inexplicably didn't help save the world wakanda they could help <laughs> save the world they could have helped save the world several times while they were existing but they're too busy living in their shell so i, I say t'chaka not necessarily in this movie but just beforehand he could have helped save the world several times over, whether it's uh, by doing what T'Challa did later or just intervening in in, in wars. I killing think Hitler? Killing Hitler. I think he's a firm number two in the list of bad guys who are disguised as good guys who happen to have raised a superhero child. Who's number one, Odin? Odin, yeah. Nice. And I, nice. Think it's a first, I think for a little bit you could have said Howard Stark, but he's, no, he's, he's like number eight. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I can like. Obviously, Chaka didn't necessarily he didn't do what he should have done. But I, I would actually. I'll answer this later. Um, well, it, it answers another question. So it, okay. it's kind of okay. going into the missed opportunity. So we'll we'll come back to that in just a second. But uh, my answer for that would be. Yeah, Wakanda, but also Agent Ross. Like he really never really did anything besides, oh, he besides did everything. destroying the besides the short destroying the ship. Like if he didn't do that, there were several ships, first of all. If, if he didn't do that, then they would have lost. Then like battle's over. Yeah, but I mean, like anybody else. Well, he just got shot in the spine. Come on, man. Yeah, but he got saved from their tech. Oh, that was also something that bugged me was like. They just explain away everything with just vibranium. Like vibranium is almost like the nanotech of Wakanda. It's yeah. Like, but anyways, yeah. Like I how know, I you're not dead? Oh, vibranium. What do you what do you put on your face? You look really good recently. Vibranium. <laughs> oh, I mine all day. <laughs> you want okay. any missed opportunities? Uh, yeah. Missed opportunities. Um, I really, I guess it wasn't really a missed opportunity in this movie, but a missed opportunity in general is seeing the history of Wakanda like and seeing T'Chaka develop kind of the way that T'Challa did and see him work through some of those same things and how he responded would have just it would have been really cool I feel like we could have gotten that in a second movie but obviously they're not going to touch on his uh, I guess I could have but it just wouldn't have made as much sense I feel like that we would have gotten that if Chadwick Boseman hadn't died we would have had more depth into his father 
Yeah. That's almost something where it could be like, I, again, I'm answering another question, but where, but a limited series where you can kind of see that the black Panther, you know, in different time frames, like that how would, would they have fun. handled, how would they have handled world war two? Like, did he actually intervene? We just didn't see it because black Panther is actually so mysterious, you know, Stuff yeah, like that. I'm gonna answer missed opportunities, and then we're gonna go into limited series. Um, but my my missed opportunity, I, I I am glad that Killmonger died because he had a really good death scene. I think he had a, a top tier death scene. Um, and then his line at the end, where just throw my body in the ocean like my ancestors, because they knew death was better than bondage. Like, oh, that 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 just stung. Um, but it is a bummer because he was amazing. So I kind of wish there could have been more room for him. But the, having him in that in that short scene in Wakanda Forever was really cool. Yeah, I 100% disagree with you, by the way. I am very, very, well, he's you wish he... the best. No, he is, he's the best villain. But yeah. I, I hate the saving the villains and having, like, I hate the redemption arc. That's I okay. I'm glad he's dead. I'm glad he wasn't redeemed. It's just a bummer because I would have liked to see more. He was just so cool. good. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, I loved loved that death scene and the fact that he died and it was just i loved it loved it loved it loved it and we thought he might survive because he offered it and he's like nope i'm gonna die yeah i don't want to live in chains um but let's go to the eternals award for that could this have been a limited series uh just go into what you were saying go into what you were saying okay uh i think this i don't think this movie could have been a limited series but black panther in general it would have been really cool Kind of, again, going back to missed opportunities, it would have been really cool to have a limited series of uh, Black Panther operating in different time frames. Like, like obviously they were the Wakanda was always more technologically advanced than the rest of the world, but how significant like, was that gap? Hundred years ago? Yeah, like two hundred years ago, three hundred years ago, a thousand years ago. What kind of technology did they have? How did they? navigate those those relationships with outside countries you know also how did they adequately keep up a diverse gene pool to avoid problems from incest that's That's just that's just my scientific that's just my biologist question you know that's a good question that's a good uh she hulk award question um but they're a a big nation right there's got to be a a million people in that that city it's like jakarta in there yeah true um i think that it totally could be a limited series just as it is obviously you got to add some scenes but i think it totally could be because there are very like tiny stakes and it's fully introducing a character we briefly saw in a movie to set it up and it doesn't really play a part in the main arc of the mcu but this movie it just had to be a blockbuster in the way that the culture impact it had it it just couldn't have been a series yeah the, the plot of it totally could be i think um but having like a uh, animated series I think would have been fun going back to the past I think that'd be the way to do yeah yeah past. so it doesn't seem too important where you have to watch it but just a fun little extra thing like all 20 minute episodes I would like that all right well I'll go what age is the best well no I already answered that so uh she Hulk award for questions that don't need to be asked again a couple questions first of all where the heck is Wakanda exactly because clearly Mbaku is emulating a gorilla right and those are the mountains so he's emulating a mountain gorilla and mountain gorillas are endangered and have a very kind of small range right in africa so where is wakanda like are they still emulating mountain gorillas from thousands and thousands of years ago when mountain gorillas probably had a larger range in africa that probably makes most sense but they did show it on a map in iron man too i don't know if we're sticking to that exactly because i was was trying to yeah i was trying to find that and it i I couldn't find the map, but I was finding like different maps that showing different places. Yeah. Uh, that's one of my questions. Another question is wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on that though. I think that I think that makes sense though, that there's not any more gorillas by Mbaku in the in the Jabari, but like they're just emulating like their forefathers and their forefathers and their forefathers all emulated the gorillas that were all over the place at the time. So I think that makes the most sense. Yeah. Also, one thing that bothered me though is Africa doesn't have any of those like that mountain where it was like Africa has snow capped mountains, but they don't have mountains like the Himalayas like that, that are rocky and jagged and just like a tundra basically mm-hmm. that that bugged me. But that's again, that's just, that's just my, you know, annoying biologist brain that never shuts up. 
No, that's good. That could have been a net. Yep. Actually, I think I have it written down as a net, and I wanted to mention it at some point because I wanted to flex. Flex a big brain. Yeah, my, my biologist brain. Yeah. I know animals. Oh, yeah. Uh, my She-Hulk award. Uh, so the first post-credit scene when he's talking to the UN and he says, we're going to give our resources. And the guy's like, what resources get a poor country like you have? And he has a little smirk. How would that conversation, how would the following next sentences go? Like, yeah. what's he going to say? Like, <laughs> actually, no, we have a mountain of magic uh, metal and we're super rich. And we fly around. Like I'm a trillionaire right now. Like how, who would believe how long would that conversation take? Would he just like take him outside and be like, Hey, here's my flying car to prove it. Like how right. does that go? Or would he just like, like put a suit on real quick and like shoot himself in the head or something? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's a conversation I want to see. Yeah. But, uh, I, I would agree. That, that one would be good. Yeah. Um, I also have another question. Obviously black Panther is like ridiculously rich, right? He can afford whatever he wants. Yeah. How does he, how does he get his money? Like, what does he sell? Like, because they don't participate in trade. He can't they don't sell. do international trade, but they still do petty trade across the borders. Yeah, but enough to, like, to have a net worth significantly larger than Tony Stark? Yeah, well, also, net worth is based on what, what you have. It's not necessarily the, the monetary, what, like, the money the money aspect of it. Because he okay, owns, well, how did, how owns all of enough? the, as king of Wakanda, he owns all of the mines and all of the vibranium. So you have to factor in what that's worth, you know? Okay. So how does he have enough money? How does he have enough money to buy three big giant buildings in Oakland? If they don't participate in international trade, I guess that's he would have to part with some of his non-liquidity in order to purchase something in America. Yes, exactly. Ah. That's a good question. Maybe he just steals stuff. No. That's what I would do. If I was a superhero, I'd low-key also be a villain on the side. I would 100% have two costumes. In one costume, I would save, I would say, I would, I would, you know, stop the rapists and stop the murderers and stop the, the terrorists and the sex traffickers. And then in my other suit, I would just like rob banks. Yeah. And I'd but, like, why aren't you stopping this, this bad bank robber? I'm like, I'm dealing with other stuff. There's actually bad people. He's just, you know, trying to make a buck. <laughs> Always rob them under the insured level, though. Just so we don't see what's, you know, happening now. Yeah, that's important. Um, that's probably what happened out there, actually, is uh, supervillains robbing banks too much. Uh, my last one, Ages of the Best and Worst. I feel like this is the first movie where we see, like, massive tech everywhere owned by somebody that's not Tony Stark. Like, previously, the only, like, we see a bunch of tech, but it's all Tony Stark's tech, you know? And then yeah. even, like, Hank Pym, he doesn't have a super high tech stuff. It's just a couple, like, he's got a suits and that's it. But this we see, it's just riddled with technology. Now, like, we're, it's so, every single movie is just straight up tech, tech, tech everywhere. And it gets, it gets kind of old. So I don't I know, know if it's well or poorly. I, I would agree with that because, you know, part of, part of the allure of Marvel, I think, is just like super, superpowers, superheroes, like people that can fly around, and do all these cool stuff. It's because there's so many what different is- things. There's magic and there's technology and there's gods and there's aliens and there's mutants and there's uh, radioactive spiders. You know, it's a bunch of different, Thanks, but now yeah. that's all tech, it's like, ah. Yeah, they're leaning into the tech way too much. I wish, like, at some point, you just just say somebody has a superpower, you know? Yeah. But, but anyways, yeah. Um, yeah, you said what age is the worst. I'll say what age is the best. I think that Killmonger's death ages so good. And obviously, I went off on a rant about how much I loved it earlier. But it's just, every time I watch it, it gets better and better, especially because... These mo- the recent MCU movies that are, are coming out, I haven't liked a ton because they've had that last second redemption for the villain, where either the villain's still alive or the villain, the villain, like in Doctor Strange, is actually the one who ends up saving everybody. You know, that one's different. I, you can use that as an example because she was a superhero that went bad. I think that's different, but I agree with you for the most part. Too many redemption arcs. No, I, I hated the ending of Doctor Strange. Love the entire movie up to that point. Do you but, want her to die? I you want her to be a superhero again, right? No. Why? Sometimes a supervillain just needs to be a villain. She, but yes, like, like villains, but she's not a villain. She's a superhero that lost her way. Or was she a supervillain that was hiding as a good guy? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just 
it, it was almost like all the fighting was for nothing because all that they had to do was just show her a picture of her boys and say, oh, you, you're doing so bad, such bad things. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, going off, going off on a rant there. I, uh, I loved Killmonger's death. Every movie I watch makes me want more of bad guys dying in dramatic fashions like that, where it's just... Yeah. Because you feel for him, you feel for him because you don't want him to die, but it's it's a very poetic ending. Yeah, you need characters that you bad guys that you like. Like Malekith was all bad, and Darren Cross all bad until he got a super redemption arc as Modok. Like, what was that? I like that. That movie. was dumb. That was so dumb. You could just get rid of Modok, honestly, for the second half of the movie, and it would have been a thousand times better. Uh, but whatever. Um, lost my train of thought. Yeah, but you can't have a, a bad guy that's all bad. But he needs to be irredeemable. Like a little bit good, sympathetic, but irredeemable. I think Hela was the same way. You feel for her because she was locked in hell forever because of her dad, who like taught her to do what she did. But that she nobody's gonna save her. Like she's unsavable, you know? Yeah. That's what creates those, you know, poetic endings. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now what are we at? Uh, I think that's it. So it's time for <laughs> useless trivia. I said this at the top, this was the first and only MCU movie to be nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. At the time, it was the third highest grossing movie domestically, making more money in the U.S. than Infinity War. It got blown out in worldwide box office. Uh, Black Panther, the character, was created in 1966, months before the Black Panther Party was founded. And they briefly ta- uh, changed T'Challa to the Black Leopard. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, the, the Royal Talon remote pilot system that was voiced by Trevor Noah. Did not know that. Uh, and then this one is just weird. Uh, Zuri is played by Forrest Whitaker. Young Zuri is played by Denzel Whitaker. Somehow, they are not related. But this is also not the first time that those two have played in the movie as father and son. They played in the movie a while ago as father and son, even though they have the same last name but aren't father and son, in a movie with Denzel um... Washington. Oh my god. <laughs> I was thinking about... I just like, blanked. Uh, in a movie with Denzel Washington, after whom Denzel Whitaker is named. Isn't that just weird? That is really weird, actually. Yeah. You got any useless trivia? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Alright. I didn't have a lot for this one. Well, I do have a useless trivia. We were talking about mountain gorillas earlier. Did yeah. you know that um, there are no... The, if you see a gorilla in a zoo, it's not a mountain gorilla. Because mountain gorillas, for some reason, just don't survive in zoos. Even though they're actually the endangered ones. They're more endangered than the other ones, which I think are... I forget the, the name. Silverbacks. I think silverback is the... I'm going to look that up. Are you pro or anti-zoos? I'm pro-zoos. Me too. Because they do say animals and they keep them alive even if they're in captivity. Plus, they donate so much money. I think there's also different types of zoos. Like, there's some that, like the El Paso Zoo, they have like one of everything and it was very small, which is nice because you can walk around. But, like, a zoo that's easy to get around is a bad zoo because that means they're cramped, you know? Exactly. Like, like a lot of the enclosures, I agree, probably are too small. But when you think about the fact that that zoo is raising hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars for conservation across the U.S. is definitely outweighs the the bad sides. Yeah, not to mention the I, I, there's a different like uh, um, uh, Sea World. I think that's a little bit different because you're keeping animals that are used to being everywhere in one spot. I think I think that can be a little bit different. Um, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. So this podcast. Go yeah, ahead. Mountain mountain gorillas are endangered. The lowland gorillas are not as endangered, and the lowland gorillas are the ones with the big old giant forehead that you see in like Tarzan or you see in zoos, but you don't see mountain gorillas, even though mountain gorillas are bigger. Very interesting. Now, can you skip the Black Panther in your MCU rewatch? By the way, I mentioned Zuri being played by Forrest Whitaker. Well, I did not mention him in uh in the uh, first Avenger award for. For best one-off character. He killed it, too. He was really, really good. Good point. Yeah. He just kind of creeped me out, though. His, his the way he said the Black Panther. Iconic. The Black Panther! 
iconic. Um, can you skip it? I so I'll say something first because you're more educated than me. Um, I would rate this almost identical to how I ranked or how I talked about Spider-Man Homecoming, where it is just a phenomenal movie and in no way should you ever skip it. But I think you, in the grand scheme of things, you probably can skip it when you're talking about rewatching to watch the next movie. Yeah, there's nothing leads to the next one, uh, like to the next MCU movie. You need it for like kind of forever, obviously. But it's literally just an introduction of Black Panther and just as importantly for Infinity War's sake, Wakanda, because like you can get to, to Infinity War just knowing Black Panther from Civil War. Um but not only Wakanda, it would just be a little bit confusing. Um, but you can totally skip it. You don't need this movie, really, in your MCU rewatch. Yeah. Yep. Um, now, where does it rank? Yeah, four levels of Pantheon. Awesome. Dig it and skippable. Skippable not meaning you can skip it. just means it sucks. Where do you have it? Well, uh, I have it in my Pantheon. I'm not going to lie. I love this movie. I, I think it's top five. Okay. I dig. I think it's, I mean, it's an incredible movie, even bigger cultural impact in that uh, I, I, I'm not factoring that in because if that were the case, it'd probably be Pantheon. Um, but people just love this movie. People love this movie. And it's ex- it, like exceptional acting, a really engaging story, compelling bad guy, really, really good fights. But two things bring it down. First off, the stakes are a little bit too low. Um, I love low stakes. It makes a really good movie, but it's hard. It just puts a ceiling. It's a hard ceiling on your movie. Um, like Infinity War is... I'm, I'm not going to spoil it anymore because I'm doing that next. Uh, Avengers had really high stakes, so it just had a really high ceiling, and it, it was developed well, and it, and it lived up to the ceiling. But high stakes also mean really low floor where it can suck. So I think it would have been hard for this movie to suck, but it's hard for it to be considered one of the best movies. Now, some movies can be in the pantheon with low stakes. It just has to be like perfect, and I don't think this movie is perfect. The final fight was a little disappointing, uh, and I, I just think that holds it down a little bit. And uh, so I have it right at the edge of awesome, right outside the Pantheon. Okay. I mean, I can see where you get that. I That final fight scene, I think, is the only thing that is holding it back. But as far as the low stakes go, I I love movies with low stakes, particularly, when, partic- particularly when it comes to MCU movies, because you can really showcase that superhero like you don't have to have crossovers with other superheroes where mm-hmm. it just kind of drowns out their particular story and i just think it allows for more creativity uh more you we see new characters new actors we, we really get to see people express themselves as actors and just i don't know i i i kind of disagree with you on your low takes thing but i think well i think that it, it just puts- I think it's much harder for a low stakes movie to be good yes to I be agree. in the pantheon i but i i don't i don't know if i would say that the ceiling is necessarily necessarily lower but i would 100 agree that it's harder to get there okay well i'm going to go through my pantheon real quick and kind of go through low stakes versus high stakes so i think high stakes means our planet earth is at stake our planet or the universe because our planet's involved in that so with that said in the pantheon i have avengers high stakes iron man very low stakes that's number two Thor Ragnarok, kind of medium stakes because it's an entire planet, but not our planet. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, same thing, medium stakes. It's not our galaxy. Uh, the Winter Soldier, medium stakes. And then Civil War, which I would consider small stakes. And I think all those movies are better than Black Panther. Uh, I don't know. I would probably put Black Panther above both Captain Americas. Okay. Uh, but it's it's really close. I mean, yeah. if you're if you're I, saying I so if you're saying Civil War is the lowest pantheon and Black Panther is the highest awesome, I would I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with that. Yeah, I don't I don't think any movies are, are getting between those two. And I actually originally said that anything better than Captain America: The First Avenger, anything better than that is in the pantheon. And I think this is better than Captain America, but it's just not in the pantheon. It's just it's just like right here. It's funny that you don't like Captain America, yet you have all three Captain America movies in your pantheon. I love Captain America. Who doesn't like Captain America? I thought you didn't. No, I'm just Team Iron Man. I think uh, Captain America Civil War in, in that storyline, he was just being stubborn, but Iron Man has his flaws too. But then after Black Panther, I've got Captain America, The First Avenger, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Age of Ultron. A couple good movies that it's ahead of still. Uh, in Dig It, 
Iron Man 3, Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, Guardians 2, and Thor, and Skippable, Iron Man 2, The Dark World, and The Incredible Hulk. Thank you guys for listening once again to the Wrong Opinion MCU Rewatch. As always, check out my writing, S-T-R-T-E-Facts.com. I will be back next week with Ricky Z talking about the most rewatchable movie ever. Definitely in the MCU. Talking about Infinity War. See you next week. Peace out.